Hey everyone, and welcome back to another post from Ask Reddit, a subreddit where anyone can ask a question and the most popular answers get upvoted to the top. Today's question, survivors of comas, what was it like? I was in a medically induced coma for a week or so back in 2008 after going through a 22-hour surgery to remove the tumor from my abdominal area. I ended up spending about three months in the surgical ICU recovering from that before being sent upstairs for three more months in the hospital receiving chemotherapy. I still have PTSD today from my time in the ICU. A big part of it was something called ICU delirium. Basically, it's when the bright, always on lights, constant beeps, and odd combinations of medicines mess with your systems and basically make you temporarily crazy. I still remember the hallucinations I had there more vividly than dreams I had this week. Ugh. The worst thing, in my opinion, is the atrophy that happens while you're not moving. I was in a coma for a month and had to build my muscles back up to be able to walk and climb steps again. I think I made it from my door to the next one the first time they got me out of bed and I cried because of the mixture of physical and mental pain. The first time I tried to climb a flight of stairs, I just went at it like normal and was exhausted before even coming close to the top. The rehab person had to explain to me that for now, it was getting both feet on the step before going for the next one. You know, like how old people climb stairs. It ended up taking over a year before my body was anywhere close to normal. I also had the skin peeling on my hands and feet shortly after I woke up. Wow, a year's recovery after just one month of no movement. Yeah, muscle atrophy is absolutely a horrible experience. My case is not even nearly as bad, but I broke my leg pretty badly back in July, and having the cast removed early September, you know, even though a month and a bit doesn't seem like a long time, I could barely move my leg at all. I had the same peeling of skin on my leg as it wasn't used to all the rough skin required for daily life, and it all died off due to not being agitated like it would in a normal, healthy person. Even after two months walking distances that before were just a walk to the shop or they would cause such tiredness, I can't walk up more than a few flights of stairs without needing a rest. As my doctor told it, it would still take me nearly a year until full recovery of muscles and a full range of movement on my leg, and a year and a half until the bone is fully healed. So yeah, Muscle atrophy is an absolute bitch, even if it's just a single limb that wasn't used for slightly more than a month. I was in a medically induced coma for three weeks. All I remember is what it's like when they start pulling you out. I was having very vivid and strange dreams mixed with reality. Then one day I was able to recognize it, that it was September, but I remembered entering the hospital in August. A motorcycle accident left me a medically induced coma for about two weeks. I had weird dreams. I didn't know what had happened to me until I was woken up. I didn't even know time had passed. I still remember the dreams. Do share. I was a skeleton with just eyes, and I was laying on a mortician table re-watching my past memories on a bunch of televisions above me. I couldn't move. The other one was me frozen in ice, watching people walk on top of me, but not being able to get their attention. 
It terrified me just being left there. Wow, that's some next-level buried-alive type of shit with the ice. I could really visualize that, and it gave me chills. No pun intended. The skeleton one reminds me of a childhood friend who had always stated that he believed when you die, your entire life is played in reverse, extremely quickly, but you're able to comprehend and analyze it in this moment on a more macro scale, and somehow this answers all of life's questions. You repeat this theory over and over. Thanks for sharing your stories. Glad you are still here to tell them. Cheers. My sister was in a coma for over a month from a car accident. She was asleep in the back seat on a road trip, and her friend flipped the car on the freeway, trying to avoid something on the road by swerving, but in a panic, she hit the gas instead of the brake. She had a bruise on her brain, which was kind of like her being mentally handicapped, but each day she got better. Now she's completely recovered and back to normal. When she woke up, she told us she had a dream where some mystery guy shot her, and that's what she thought happened with no recollection of the car accident. When I was younger and a passenger in moving vehicles, I was always terrified of the idea of being asleep than being in a car accident at the same time. You may never wake up because you're either dead or this. The idea still terrifies me today, but I think about it less since I'm a driver now and have to be awake. You may actually be more likely to avoid injury or death if you are asleep during impact. Muscles are far less tense, and it could make the difference. I had major open-heart surgery, and I almost died. I went into a two-week coma after resuscitation. Being in the coma felt like sleeping soundly, to be honest. But I had an endless series of random dreams. The last dream I had before waking up was that I was riding escalators for way too long. So long that I even thought to myself in the dream, that's strange, why aren't I waking up? I actually wonder if they were wheeling you around a lot and putting you inside various scanning machines. I mean, I'd be surprised if they weren't. Motion plus mechanical sounds plus people concerned about you not waking up plus sleeping brain. It's got to equal dreams about escalators and wondering why you're not waking up. My son was in a medically induced coma for 11 days following an accident. He remembers nothing of those 12 days, and the two weeks following are still hazy after four years. He was struck by a speeding car while skateboarding. He suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. His jaw was broken in four places, molars knocked clean out of their sockets, a broken clavicle, rib, pelvis, ruptured spleen, arteries nearly ruptured, he needed a chest as well as a peg feeding tube. I'm grateful he has no recollection of any of this. He really isn't angered by the change in his train of thought slash speech patterns. It's just that, th that things that get him angry get him really angry now. It's like an over-exaggeration reaction to negative stimuli, or stimuli that normally wouldn't cause him any emotional reaction before, now does. And vice versa something he's super nonchalant about now. The self-loathing comes from his physical scars, especially the facial nerve injury. He has regular Botox injections that give him more symmetry to his facial mo movements, and I continue to talk to him about medical advancements and how soon science will be able to correct the nerve damage. I know it's coming. There are so many advancements. As far as going on with navigating life from here, he has me to learn from. 
I was a victim of an auto accident in 2007. My spine was destroyed in the accident, leaving me physically disabled at 31 years old. Through pain spikes that caused me to repeatedly vomit and pass out to multiple spinal surgeries and then acute opiate withdrawals, 24 hours after my third spinal surgery, I have been knocked down more times than I can count. But that still doesn't stop me from living my life. I've had to learn to accept my limitations as I'm helping him to learn to accept his. We can sit here and feel sorry for ourselves or lament about what ifs and that's not healthy. I know I spent years in that state. For what it's worth, I'm not a drill sergeant about it. We have our bad days and we allow ourselves time to process those emotions, allow ourselves some extra care, considerations, and then we get up and push on. Learning from my own disability, if you lay down for too long with condi conditions such as ours, it's that much harder to get back up. I've lost more than a few friends to depression stemming from an invisible injury slash illness. If anything, his accident has caused us to be closer. He does some volunteering. It's hard since he works third shift. He likes going to our friend's skate park early Saturday mornings for the kids' camp program. He enjoys helping the little skaters perfect their technique, and he offers tips. It's heart heartwarming. It's freaking weird. I was out for nine days. Coma dreams are intense. Coming back from it was super strange, too. A lot of questioning reality. Do you remember any of the dreams? <laughs> Vividly. I won the Super Bowl after I built the arena and had an operation to become a quarterback. Go Cowboys! I created an app that helped you poop. I shot my grandfather dead. I had a vagina surgically tattooed to the right side of my scrotum. Swallowed a bumper. Like I said, weird shit. I never been in a coma personally, but my BFF was in one for three months after a motorcycle accident, and he told me some of the weird stuff and the crazy trauma from it. The endless hallways in a hospital where he was running away from some unidentified, shadowy thing. He ran into a room full of crazy surgical instruments and had a mad scientist who strapped him down to a bed to experiment on him. He later speculated that it may have been influenced by the straps on the bed he was laying on in real life. Gargoyles. At least that's what he called them. The little gray ones wanted to hurt him, but the big reddish-brown ones scared them off. Apparently it wasn't safe either, but ignored him rather than tried to kill him. He would often call me in the middle of the night. I got off work around 2am and could never sleep right after work, and had me come over to sit with him. At these times his mood could range from normal to bouncing off the walls to crying in terror. One of these times was not long after he had brought a new puppy home. He called me over because he was afraid to be alone with it. Apparently, it reminded him of the red gargoyle. I don't know if comas cause PTSD, but I would fully believe that he had it. Two and a half days of coma versus one decade of coma. My story. My last semester at a certain college, I was assaulted by a football player for walking where he was trying to drive. Note, he was 325 pounds and I was 120 pounds. While unconscious on the ground, 
I lived a very different life. I met a wonderful young lady. She made my heart skip and my face red. I pursued her for months and dispatched a few jerk boyfriends before I finally won her over. After two years, we got married, and almost immediately, she bore me a daughter. I had a great job, and my wife didn't have to work outside of the house. When my daughter was two, my wife bore me a son. My son was the joy of my life. I would walk into his room every morning before I left for work and tote it on him and my daughter. One day, while sitting on the couch, I noticed that the perspective of the lamp was odd, like inverted. It was still in 3D, but just wrong. It was a square lamp base, red, with gold trim on four legs and a white square shade. I was transfixed, and I couldn't look away from it. I stayed up all night staring at it. The next morning, I didn't go to work. Something was just not right about that lamp. I stopped eating. I left the couch only to use the bathroom at first, but soon I stopped that too as I wasn't eating or drinking. I stared at that freaking lamp for three days before my wife got really worried. She had someone come and try to talk to me. By this time, my cognizance was breaking up and my wife was freaking out. She took the kids to her mother's house just before I had my epiphany. The lamp is not real. The house is not real. My wife. My kids. None of that is real. The last 10 years of my life are not freaking real. The lamp started to grow wider and deeper. It was still inverted dimensions. It took up my entire perspective, and all I could see was red. I heard voices, screams, all kinds of weird noises, and I became aware of pain. Freaking shit ton of pain. The first words I said were, I'm missing teeth, and opened my eyes. I was laying on my back on the sidewalk, surrounded by people that I didn't know. Lots were freaking out and I was completely confused. At some point, a cop scooped me up, dragged and walked me across the sidewalk, through the grass, and threw me face down in the back of a cop car. I was still confused. I was taken to the hospital by the cop. Seems like he didn't want to wait for the ambulance to arrive, and I got CT scans and all this shit. I went through about three years of horrid depression. I was grieving the loss of my wife and children and dealing with the knowledge that they never existed. I was scared that I was going insane as I would cry myself to sleep hoping I would see her in my dreams. I never have, but sometimes, sometimes I see my son, usually just a glimpse out of my peripheral vision. He is about five years old and I can never hear what he says. I was put into a medically induced coma for a week after I got my shit rocked in a crash. It sucked balls. I could hear what was going on, but I had zero ways to communicate. The hallucinations and nightmares were really effed. That's to be expected from anyone who goes into a coma due to the traumatic event. I couldn't tell what was real and what was a dream for a very long time. And I still have moments where I have allowed and severe auditory hallucinations that convince me I'm back in my non-consensual nap time. Also, something that isn't well known is, after an extended period of strong as shit meds and not moving, besides when the nurses roll you into like a Cali roll, your muscles forget how to work. It took me about a month of rehab to get enough strength 
to lift a large cup of water. But it was absolutely necessary, and although it was scary as shit, I survived my less than 10% survival chance thanks to and the effing amazing, strong, and caring nurses and specialists. I was able to return to my babies and my future husband. Still, though, 0 out of 10 would not recommend. And that wraps up today's post. These are some intense stories. Coma sounds scary as hell. Do you have any personal experiences with this? We would love to hear them in the comments below. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash askreddit and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another post from Ask Reddit, a subreddit where anyone can post a question and the most popular answers get upvoted to the top. Today's question, what was the weirdest thing you did while you were high? Some girls in high school invited me to go smoke and swim in a creek with them. Of course I went, to get high as F. Spent the next 30 minutes sitting in the creek. I was so still that a fish came up and bit my ass. I didn't realize what I was doing until one of the girls asked me why the hell was I just all alone sitting in the middle of a creek not moving. I was so effed up looking for my hotel in Atlantic City. Somehow I got there and woke up the next morning to just hotel being the search bar on my Spotify. That was my best effort. One time my eye was really dry so I stopped drinking my water and started slowly pouring water into my eye. All of it while I was sitting on my friend's bed, leaving just a bit so I could still have one gulp. Once, while partaking with my friends, we all started talking about the cotton mouth we were all experiencing and one guy related, related it to getting red eyes while high. He then said, I wish there was something like eye drops, but for your mouth for when you have cotton mouth. Then another immediately replied, uh, they do. It's called water. I got up to leave my bedroom and knocked on the door before opening it to go out. I can relate to this calm, polite kind of high. My friend is restless when he's high, so he was standing at the edge of the living room while most of our group was seated. I wanted to sit down too, but I ended up standing behind him because I thought we had to wait in line to get into the living room. Every time I get stoned, I just want to confine myself to the smallest space possible. It's not a fear or anxiety thing. Stoned me genuinely feels more comfortable under a table or bed or even inside a cardboard box this one time. Are you a cat? If I fits, I sits. Made a cup of tea with cold water and proceeded to put the entire concoction into the microwave. When I discovered that the door wouldn't close because the mug was too big, I tipped a bit of the water from the mug and tried again. I went to let the dog out and I walked out instead and left my dog inside. I started to get random sensations all over my body. The inside of my left thigh was getting really warm and I had to keep checking every few minutes to see I hadn't pissed myself. One time years ago, I was camping at a campground with my wife and a few friends. We're all sitting around the fire drinking. Her brother and I go for a walk to smoke some joints. 
We finish that, and I have to piss, so he goes back to the group, and when I'm done, I head back as well. So I get back, and I'm pretty baked at this point. I'm just standing there watching the fire and drinking my beer for a few minutes. I then notice a particular coal man lantern on the picnic table, and I thought to myself, I don't remember us having one of those here. It was at that point I realized I was standing at the wrong damn campsite among a bunch of people I have never met, while my group was watching for the next site over, laughing and wondering what the heck I was doing. Years ago, before the internet, I was having a panic attack while high. I wanted to connect with the Ask a Nurse hotline, but I couldn't remember the number. So I kept calling 411, asking them to connect me to 1-800-NURSE-ME. I said to my one friend when I was high, Dude, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. Okay, what am I thinking? I said, If someone rubs their face really hard, it looks like they're rubbing their skin off their face to make it into a mask. That was not what he was thinking. To this day, I have no idea what came over me. I was eating yogurt with a fork in front of my parents. My dad waited for about 10 minutes to say that a spoon might make it easier. I'm just imagining a slightly disappointed look on your father's face as he leans against the counter watching you attempt this and wondering if he should say anything. It was more of a what the F are you doing look. Back then, I was high pretty much every day after work, but for some reason, my dad always asked me if I was high on those rare moments I came home not being high. <laughs> he got so accustomed to weird-ass shit you did, sober you, confused him. Bought fresh fish at a wholesale fish market. When you've been partying all night until dawn, and you see sober people in action, the fish market is really fascinating. When you wake up the next afternoon and thirst lets you open the fridge and you see a shitload of silvery eels you ooh, cannot really relate to that fascination anymore i went to white castle to get food for everyone after we smoked we all had the same order two double cheese sliders and an order of mozzarella sticks when i gave her my order i didn't just say that i wanted eight double cheese sliders in total i repeated the two double cheese sliders, and mozzarella sticks four times. By the time I got to the end of my order, the cashier sounded so defeated. I still cringe thinking back to that moment, but it's also one of my funniest smoke stories. A few years ago, I was on shrooms with some friends, and we went on a walk to smoke a cig. Every time I took a puff of my cigarette, I was expecting to taste Mountain Dew, and I was so disappointed every time that it didn't. I quit smoking cigarettes a few days after that. Crazy! Mushrooms helped my friend quit smoking too. She was standing there smoking and all of a sudden just held it in front of her face and went, I'm breathing effing fire, and never smoked again. Psilocybin helps people quit smoking at really high rates. There's been studies on it. Not make you feel bad like your story is insignificant or something, just wanted to make it known to more people. The more people that can quit smoking, the better. I was watching a Korean drama when I had a whole freak out when I realized, holy shit, I suddenly understand Korean. I woke my boyfriend up and made him watch with me, so I translated it for him. He laughed at me for five minutes before he told me I was actually just reading the subtitles. One time I came back inside from a back porch smoke and put my lighter in the sink. 
My reasoning was, I'll put it in the dishwasher later. I used my phone torch to find my phone in the dark. I just commented on another post, but one time I was leaving California and was really high going through airport security. And when I was taking off my belt, I proceeded to unbutton my pants and almost pulled them down until I caught myself. The TSA agent and I shared a good laugh. I thought that if I became rich, I'd keep all my money in pennies to prevent people from stealing it. I also once tried roasting a hot dog with no stick, just holding the wiener in my hand over an open flame. That did not work. I blew up my cereal to cool it down. The very first time I got high, my lovely friend told me, you'll know when you've had enough. So of course, I smoked a ton. When I wasn't moving, it felt like time had stopped. I had no idea what was going on. If I moved though, I was completely fine. I ended up dancing to no music by myself as long as I could before I went to sleep. I think I went to sleep anyway. Time wasn't working. I may have just laid there for eight hours. I got high and ate a bunch of jalapeno poppers. Not that weird. No, the weird part was the calendar appointment I made for myself the next morning that just said, <laughs> Apparently, high me predicted the right time for my morning bowel movement, and as those little jalapeno poppers burned again on the way out, he reached across time and space to laugh at sober me about it. I did the opposite. When I was about to smoke up after a long break, I wrote hi me a note, reassuring myself that everything was okay, no one was going to be coming to the house, and my girlfriend wasn't mad at me that it was okay to drink a little rum but not too much, and that I should stay hydrated. I spent 45 minutes looking for my glasses with my friend. I finally said F it because I had to leave and was now running late. When I went to put on my sunglasses, I smashed them onto my glasses. I had my glasses on my freaking face the whole time, and neither myself or my friend noticed. I had a very long conversation by a fire with some guy who was high on something while I was high on something else. We were in that zone where he really needed someone to listen to him in order to hold it together. To this day, I can't tell if he was talking about absolute gibberish or I was just hearing gibberish, but I smiled and nodded for a very long time. I freaked out that I lost my iPod somewhere on the way to the train station. I got off the train and went back, retracing all my steps all the way back to my apartment, only to realize that I was listening to music the whole time on my iPod. I do that without being high. I remember a while ago, I was stoned playing World of Warcraft. I was in the middle of Stormwind just holding the W and D key, running in circles for a solid 15 to 20 minutes, laughing my butt off. I then somehow thought I discovered a game-changing feature, so I started up a screen recorder and set my mic up and talking absolute nonsense that was completely incoherent. In the middle of one of my sentences after I stopped laughing so much, I went, hold on, wait, I think I just thought of something else to try out. And I got quiet, and my character stopped running in circles. Suddenly, I held the W and A key and started running in the opposite direction. I instantly started laughing my butt off again and did that for another 20 minutes. So that's today's post. <laughs> These are pretty hilarious. 
What about you? Do you have any personal stories to share? We would love to hear them in the comments below. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash reddit and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening.